Hello, hello. Welcome back to Go Ask Sawyer. This is your host, Jamie Sawyer. This is a place where we can share stories and learn from each other's experiences. It's a safe space to talk about the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights and the trips and the falls. And today we have a solo episode, just me here, not just, I am an important person. Today it is me and your solo episode. And I want to talk about feeling stuck and unmotivated. Friends, I have felt stuck for a minute and I'm a little frustrated. So I'm going to talk about that today and kind of where I'm at and how maybe maybe you're stuck, maybe you're feeling unmotivated, maybe you can give me some advice, or maybe this is just kind of hitting really close to home right now. Before I get into my episode, if you could please go to that review button, click those five stars, leave me some words. I'd love to hear how you are enjoying the podcast, if you like the interviews, if you like the solo. It just means a lot to me as this is my new hobby, and I'm really, really enjoying myself. Without further ado, feeling stuck and unmotivated, here we go. Last June, I ran my first ultramarathon, and I say first only, first and only ultramarathon, and I injured myself two weeks after doing a two-mile jog. So the ultramarathon is anything over 26.2 miles, and the ultramarathon, it was called a fun run, was a 38-mile fun run out in Kettle Moraine near Whitewater. And I trained for it. I was really proud of myself. I was so focused. I was so proud of the way I continued to show up for myself every day for the training runs, for the strength training, for the nutrition. And it was a way for me to come back to myself. It was a way for me to learn how to trust myself and kind of get in touch with my intuition. So I ran my ultra, felt super proud. It was amazing. Waited about two weeks, went on a just a two-mile jog, which I wasn't even running. I was like run walking. And my dog Gunner, who is my running buddy, turned too fast and my Achilles popped or something. And I've not been able to run since. And I have felt very frustrated. And for some reason, I have not been able to find my love and drive for fitness that I used to have for about the last two years. And at first I thought, well, maybe I just need to take a break. Maybe my body just needs to take a break and I'll find something else to do. But as life has gone on, I haven't found something else to do. And I go to the gym two to three days a week and then I skip two weeks. And then I go to the gym two to three days a week and then I skip two weeks. And I'm getting frustrated with myself and I'm feeling bad about myself. And I'm Oh, you know, when you just look in the mirror and you're like, what are you doing? Like you used to be here. I'm holding my hand up over my head. You used to be here and now you're letting it slack and you're letting your nutrition slack and you're letting your fitness slack. And for anyone that has really been focused on nutrition and fitness, you might know how much that helps your mindset. It helps your decision process. It helps your confidence. It just really helps everything in your life. When I am focused on my fitness and nutrition, I just feel like I sleep better. I make good decisions. I am more calm. I'm more peaceful. I can think through really heavy emotional decisions better. And I, I'm really missing that. And I'm getting on myself about this. And I know this could just be a season, the season I'm in of a recharge, a reset. And I keep telling myself like, okay, you took six months off, get back on board, get back on track, find people to help you. A friend of mine, Staten, said, hey, let's text each other after school and meet at the gym. And then I had a headache and then he didn't feel good and then I didn't feel good and then that stopped. And then 
Maureen said, okay, I'm going to text you every day at 445 and ask if you've gone to the gym. And she started doing that. And I kept saying, nope, didn't go. Nope, didn't go. And I didn't even feel bad. feel like I've always been the cheerleader and support for people in my life. And somehow I can't be it for myself. And I'm getting upset. So I wanted to that's the backstory. I wanted to come on here though and talk about when you hit a wall in your life. Now, whether that wall is, I'm talking about fitness and nutrition, but maybe for you trying to think of other goals, let's say you're a writer and you sit down every day to write and all of a sudden you've lost that motivation. Maybe you're a musician and you've, you sit down all the time to do it and you've lost that motivation. Even being creative, um, doing podcasting, or maybe you do Instagram stuff. Maybe you're an influencer and you hit a wall. And I'm not used to hitting walls. I, I guess I have a while ago, but I learned how to push through the wall. And now I feel like I'm at mile 22 of a marathon and mentally I just don't want to. I just want to sit down and I don't want to do anything. And I talked to my therapist about this and she asked if I was depressed and I said, I don't think so. Like I'm happy. But at the same time, like I can't do the thing I love to do. And I know a couple of weeks ago I talked about like seeing runners out and saying like, oh, stupid runner, but then realizing I wasn't doing anything about it. But I've really been thinking about why am I not doing anything about it? Why am I still just sitting and allowing? I have nothing holding me back. It's not like I have small children where I have to come home and take care of them. It's not like I have a spouse at home where I have to come here and be like, oh, what do you need? Or like check in with my partners. I don't have a second job. I do, but it's at Friday mornings at 5.30 a.m. and it's teaching a spin class. I can't figure out why... I feel like I'm letting myself go and I don't want to do that. So my therapist said, well, maybe you just need to give yourself grace and say the phrase like, I just don't want to right now and put it down. I just don't want to work out. She said, what'll happen usually is either you say that phrase and then you get frustrated with yourself and you're like, no, I will not let that happen. And then you flip to the right or you put it down and you realize that maybe you're just in a season of rest. And you stop thinking about it and agonizing. I don't know if anyone else out there is an overthinker. Most of America probably is. But I overthink all the time. Like, what am I avoiding? What am I sabotaging? What am I like not allowing myself to do completely? Which led me to a conversation I had this last weekend uh, with Amy. And she said, sometimes extraordinary people live life in the mediocre because it's more comfortable and easy to live in the mediocre. And there's nothing wrong about living in that mediocre place. It's very comfortable. We have a good time there. But she said it's really hard when you can see someone who's meant for something extraordinary settle for mediocre. And when I say settle, I don't necessarily mean like settle in a negative way, but it's almost like I'm not pushing myself into the extraordinary. What am I afraid of? What am I afraid of if I do go to the extraordinary? Am I afraid that I'm going to have to give things up? Okay, what do I have to give up? Laying on the couch. But I used to tell myself, go to the gym for one hour and you can lay on the couch all night long and watch Netflix the rest of the night. So I literally, that's how I would get to the gym. But maybe in that extraordinary world, when you really go up there, there's more of, when you really go up there, there's more opportunity to be solo. You say no to many more things. You cut a lot more out. But is that always negative? So I'm really, really searching as to what this stuck period is in my life and why I am not pushing for the extraordinary. So in my hand right now, I have uh, my universe cards. 
the Shaman's Dream. They are my favorite cards right now. I do have uh, a tarot deck, uh, which I'm learning how to read and I'm enjoying that. And then I also have uh, like angels and spirits and I really enjoy that one too. I apologize if this is just like in the microphone. Gosh. We have one that flipped out. If you're watching me on YouTube someday, this is what popped out. It says mindful groupthink. So before I read you this card and maybe you're in the same place and I pull this card and as I read it, you're like, wow, that has hit something on the nose for me right now. Or maybe you listen to this and you're like, eh, all right, well, that doesn't mean anything. But I like the Shaman's Dream deck because I feel like every time I pull a card, whatever it talks about is already in me. And this is just a way to affirm or give myself permission to lean more into it, listen to it and be guided by it. So as I look at this card, there's a um, almost like a blue, I want to say a cat or a lion on the bottom. And in this person or this animal's brain is a tree and sun and an umbrella and a clock and another sun and buildings and flowers and a key. As I'm looking at this, this literally feels like my brain. And it says mindful, mindful, two words, not together. Group think. So let's see what we have. Keeping a clear mind Heartful thoughts, group think. The human mind can be so many things, a prison, a latrine, a circus, a temple, a cave. It can be a place of restriction or a place of never-ending expansion. Right now, be careful of where you wander in your mind. The quality of your thoughts is key as you're in a fertile time for full manifestation. Is anyone listening right now? You want to ensure that the seeds you plant will sprout and flourish into the life you seek to grow. Be mindful not to scatter weeds. It's easy to be influenced by others right now too, especially in our digital age. It's hard to protect yourself from the energy and the sheer amount of information bombarding you 24-7. If you allow all the fear and uncertainty to pollute your mind and emotions, you will fill yourself up with this negativity and then see more of it in the outer world. Stay out of the gossip and other forms of group think. For when you cut another person down to their level due to their perceived mistakes or limit them by your envy, you activate lack for yourself. So fill yourself with thoughts of plenty. Imagine your universe unfettered by scarcity and alive with abundant hope and goodness. Be mindful of what your mind is full of and keep the faith. Good brings more good. Love, more love. Gratitude, more things. Be grateful for. Well, if this isn't on the nose and this just fell out. So maybe I'm in the season of plant and all of this like negative self-talk about why can't I be where I was or why have I fallen off or why this or why that is just negative self-talk when really there's all these seeds that have been planted. I mean, I talked about maybe starting a podcast in August. I went on a trip to Colorado in November and outlined what this would be, or I thought it would be. I came home and started laying it out, and I had some people say, the timeline is too short, you'll never get there, or you have a lot you're trying to do, because I was going to launch this in May. And I listened to a podcast at the end of January that basically just said, what are you waiting for? And the next day, I set everything up and just launched it, because I love when people are vulnerable. I love when people make mistakes. It makes me feel closer to them, and I love to be a part of the process. And so I thought, if this is something that I love, this is how I'm going to start my journey. And here I am on my sixth episode that I launched in February, and I'm having the time of my life doing it. And yet I'm still stuck on what I am not doing or what I can't do, even though I'm not looking at, I just did something new in my 40s that I had no idea I could do. I am cooking delicious meals every week still. I'm still food prepping 
for what I can. I'm still being a good listener. I am still journaling. I recently went off social media for Lent, except for my Go Ask Sawyer Instagram page. And I'm finding I keep going on that page. So now I'm thinking to myself, what am I distracting myself from? I'm clearly distracting myself when I have downtime. Why do we go on our phones? Do we not want to look someone in the face? Do we not want to, are we bored? Do we not want to get up and go play the piano, go write, go read, go to bed early? I read a book also for my book club a couple months ago called Life Visioning by Michael Bernard Beckwith. Sorry about the page turning. You're not in front of me. And he talks about the dark night of the soul. This is actually a really interesting book um, on how he helps you set a vision for your life and really understand all the different parts of your brain, imagination, conscious, subconscious. And it says, there are times, no matter how devoted and precise we are in our practice, when we cannot access our intuitive facilities because we are in the midst of an evolutionary shift in consciousness. A spiritual drought has set in for how long we don't know and it gives us grief. Everything once considered real is now felt to be unreal, causing us to ask if the path we're on no longer serves us and it's time to once again explore the aisles of the spiritual supermarket. So instead of looking at my life as to like, why am I not doing what I used to do? Why am I like almost getting down on myself for not being where I was, shifting that mindset to maybe I'm transforming. Maybe I'm in a season of laying low and things are being sorted out and the fitness will come back. All the nutrition, the focus will come back, but right now is meant more for a creative time. Right now is meant more to really distill and decipher what is going on in our lives. In all the um, astrology things that I follow, April, they say, is technically the new year, which does make sense. I thought it was March, but then I listened to another one and it said April. So April, March, spring is the season they talk about the literal new year starting. How can we start a new year in the dead of winter? And maybe that's why a lot of our resolutions fail. We're trying to restart ourself, our life in the dead of winter when literally all of nature is dead and sleeping. Instead of giving ourselves the grace to just lay and be with ourselves and be creative and slow down and ask the questions, instead of constantly trying to move on to what's next, move on to what's next, move on to what's next. I've always been a move on to what's next person. It's very hard for me to sit still. I'm always like, well, I accomplished that. Now what? I accomplished that. Now what? I accomplished that. Now what? I've accomplished a lot in my life, but very seldom do I let myself sit with the accomplishments. And very seldom do I celebrate those accomplishments. I'm very good at helping others celebrate. I'm very good at cheerleading for other people. I'm very good at lifting other people up for their accomplishments, but it is extremely hard for me to celebrate my accomplishments and who I am. So I think this episode really asks you to think, where am I feeling stuck in my life and where am I feeling unmotivated? And instead of doing the negative self-talk that I know I do and maybe you do, thinking about what this means. Maybe I need a different fitness regimen, even though I really love lifting weights. Maybe my next focus 
isn't going to be what I thought it was going to be. I get so stuck on what my future is supposed to look like. I get so stuck on it that sometimes I can't see or understand that there's something even greater out there for me. Because I don't have a lot of patience, I like to know what's going to happen, even though I'm really all about like the unknown and spontaneity. But when it comes to my life, it's like, okay, well, where am I ever going to move? Am I ever going to get married? When am I going to get my dream job? I am a teacher and I worked really hard to get here. And I think I talked on one of my solo episodes that I don't know if I can do this anymore. It is really hard out there. Are there any other teachers out there? It is really, really hard. It is so hard. It is so mentally taxing every day. And the more we start to think about mental health and wanting ourselves to be the best version of who we can be, teachers put themselves in their students' lives. They take on their students' pain. They take on their students' worry. They take on the administration worry. They take on the state worry. And they teach. And they lesson plan. And they grade. And they think about how they're going to make their classroom better and their community better. And still at the end of the day, it's like everyone just walks away and the teacher is just left sitting there like, wow, what what in the world just happened? How do I put myself first when I get home and then I can't get off the couch? But yeah, since I was in kindergarten, I wanted to be a teacher. I used to set up my bedroom to be a school, a classroom, and I would invite my friends and I'd print off worksheets and make them go to school in the summer. And it makes me sad to think that's something that I worked really hard for, especially in my 30s. Like I went back to school in my 30s to get my teaching certification and my master's. And something that I worked so hard for maybe isn't what my forever job should be. But you know, the silver lining is maybe it was meant to teach me or help me for my next career. But I really, I really want to stop procrastinating. And I know procrastinating is a form of self-sabotage. Because we, we hold this shame on ourselves. We, sh- we shame ourselves in the procrastination and then we self-sabotage anything good because two things are happening. Number one, I can't be that good. Number two, it's too hard to get there, so why even try? Number three, everyone else is doing it better than me, so clearly it can't be me. And number four, for whatever reason, there is just that innate, I don't feel like I'm good enough. So that procrastination, is, although... I mean, I used to be a big like, oh, I'm the best procrastinator there is. You just give me one hour before this 10-page paper is due and I swear I will have the whole thing done. But also, if I would have just done it two weeks ago, imagine how less stressed you would be. Because you know when you have something coming up, even if you're putting it off, that little bit of stress is still sitting there. And maybe that's the mediocre. Maybe that's the comfortable because we're scared to step into the extraordinary. Because stepping into the extraordinary means we can't keep giving ourselves excuses. Because stepping into the extraordinary means we're going to have to follow through with what we say. Because stepping into the extraordinary is going to mean getting up earlier than we want or going to bed earlier than we want, or not going out with the people that we want when we want. Stepping into the extraordinary is going to mean leveling up. And sometimes when you level up, most times when you level up, things fall off. And we get so comfortable with those things that we're terrified that once they have to fall off, life will just be lonely. Even though once we're in that area of extraordinary, the world just opens up. All of a sudden, you decide to move out of state. All of a sudden, you meet a new group of people. All of a sudden, you get a new idea. You take a different way home and you see a coffee shop you've never seen before. And you go in that coffee shop and you get a different drink that day and you feel a little bit better. And then all of a sudden, 
life has taken a new direction because you chose to go into the extraordinary. But life in the extraordinary most of the time means no excuses. It means believing in yourself. It means when your body and your mind are throwing those temper tantrums, you need to tell it to shut up and we're doing it anyway. Oh, when I was training for my ultra, there were plenty of times I did not want to go out for a run. And I remember sitting on my couch, lacing up my shoes, swearing like, this is so fucking stupid. I hate this. This is the dumbest thing. I Why would I do this to myself? Like I literally would be crabby and cursing myself as my feet were taking me out to the sidewalk and I would just start walking and then jogging and then walk. And before you know it, two to three miles in, I was like, man, I am just awesome. I'm so confident. This is the greatest thing ever. Why was I complaining? I just need to get through the temper tantrum. The temper temper tantrum of getting out of the mediocre and into the extraordinary. As the card said, the seeds have been planted. Now you need to stop with the negative talk flip the mindset and let life happen. Step forward. What is something that you are just putting off or beating yourself up over? How can you either decide I'm going to put this down and I'm not complaining anymore, or I got to take a right and just do it? I promise you that the just doing it part will be the best, but it will take the most work. I appreciate you all for listening. I hope some of you are giving yourself grace or maybe just thinking differently about life today or maybe saying, oh, Jamie, you'll be fine because I know I will be. I'm just in a very stuck place and I haven't been here in a while and I just don't like feeling stuck. But maybe I just need to sit in the stuck and let the silence fill around me and see what it's trying to tell me. I love you all. Be kind. And if you can't be kind, please ask for forgiveness and go about your life. See ya next week.